This podcast was produced by My Podcast Pal. For help with your podcast, check out mypodcastpal.com. Hey guys. Thanks once again for listening to Canadian Cannabis Update. We're a Canadian-based podcast featuring regular news updates and interviews concerning the legalization of cannabis. Now, I've been working on this story for a while, but before I continue, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that cannabis finally got royal assent today in Canada, and I'm going to put together a bit of a podcast in the next couple of days to cover that subject, so no worries there. However, in today's podcast, we do cover a mighty big topic, cannabis and sport. Can you consume and compete? Should you? And what about using cannabis for recovery? I'm joined today by Ryan Roach, cannabis advocate and dedicated runner, and we talk about our own experiences as well as cover many players and former players from professional leagues as well. This one's about one hour long, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, let's do this. So today's topic is uh, sport and cannabis. I'm with uh, Ryan Roach, who is a friend and is a dispensary applicant in Chestermere and a fellow runner slash cannabis consumer. Thank you. It's a tremendous pleasure to be here again with you, Michael. It's a tremendous pleasure to have you. Well, today's topic, uh, I think, is important for a couple of reasons. One, um, it pertains to people like us, of course. But two, I noticed that on Twitter and online, there's a heck of a lot of information coming out about sports and cannabis consumption lately. Yeah. Some data, some just basic theory. Um, But I thought, well, we're the perfect candidates to test out some of these theories and come up with our own observations on cannabis and sport. Yeah. Being that we run, being that we like cannabis it's perfect exactly the, so, the athletic side absolutely that, absolutely so that's why you're here mm-hmm. um outside of the fact that you're a nice guy yeah outside of that well i would question that but go on so both of us recently went out and uh, did a couple of runs in my case i recorded to the full-blown experience and for you you did an ultra marathon yes 50 kilometers 50 kilometers it was a uh it was an experience. I, I don't know how else to put it, but that it was an absolute experience. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. I've been running for about 25 years. I can run a 10K easy peasy. I wouldn't even imagine trying a, a 50K run. Yeah, it was uh, I mean, it was my first time ever doing an ultra uh, at that distance. And uh, I mean, just candidly, I, like I wasn't nearly as prepared as I needed to be okay. for it. Um, I had a couple injuries that came up a few months before and uh you know but we went for it i did some physiotherapy it was feeling good so uh but from the race standpoint it was an absolute um challenge of body um, body mind and, and everything in between um after about the 30 kilometer mark my body just kind of fell apart mm. um, so. well we're gonna hear that in your <laughs> clips so you have a youtube page yep. incidentally lake city cannabis if you're listening to this and uh, you like good youtube videos on the latest and greatest in cannabis happenings, uh, subscribe to Lake City Cannabis. Yeah, like that. Subscribe to it. Go to it right now. That's right. Go there now. Well, Wait, uh, after finish this. this first. Finish this first and then go to that. So I went to your website because you did the ultra marathon video uh, in your experiences and I sampled it. I snipped it and I collected it for this podcast. So I'm going to start off with uh, my own run. I did a six kilometer run and uh, I smoked a little bit and gave my observations after the run. So here we go with that. I've never done it before, but I'm gonna try it today. 
I have my trusty vape. I've loaded it with a sativa, a peach haze ordered from Stash Club online. I'm not gonna overdo it. I'm gonna smoke a bit. I'm gonna run about 5K and then I'm gonna report back to you. Wish me luck. So I just ran six kilometers and uh, the first thing I noticed was that uh, I didn't quite get um, as excited in the first K as I normally do when I run. Sometimes you gotta just tell yourself to slow down a bit because you wanna pace yourself so you can run 10 or whatever you're running. And today, I felt a little fatigued from the get-go, maybe psychological, maybe because I ran yesterday, uh, but I didn't quite have that snap. At the 1K mark, I had to take a drink of water, which is super rare for me. It's warm today. I had some drinks last night. Could have played a bit of an effect, but it's not normal for me to have to pull up my water bottle at the 1K mark and drink water. My mouth felt pretty dry. It didn't feel like a hangover, so probably due to the cannabis. Overall, I'd say it took me about 2K to kind of get into it, which is about normal for me. And my pace uh, was about bang on what I always am. Comfortably, without racing, I run about five minute, 30 second kilometer. And that's what I got. At the 5K mark, I think I kind of got into my groove. Wasn't really tired, um, just felt normal. Overall, I'm gonna say that I don't think I'd want to smoke cannabis for a super long distance. I'm not sure yet, it's only my first time and maybe I'll change my mind. But yeah, if I was gonna sign up for anything major tomorrow, half marathon, right now I probably wouldn't suck on a vaporizer five minutes before the run starts. But that's just me and everybody's different. All right, so that was uh, experience number one. And that incidentally was the very first time I'd ever smoked any cannabis before running. Yeah, and I, I watched that after you, after you put it out and, and I was actually really curious about your results because it's really, I, I mean, I've done it a couple times um, and it's really the exact opposite and I felt like there were some potential variables in there. Okay. Uh, the drinks from the night before, the yep. run the day before. Hot weather. Hot weather. It was like 27 degrees. It was like 27 degrees. Uh, what time of day was that? Two in the afternoon, About two in probably. the afternoon, so bright, bright pretty premium. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I mean, there were some variables in there that I know. I don't know that would have affected. You know, it, it would have been overwhelming on that standpoint. No, that's first totally of all, true. First of all, Peach Haze, excellent choice. Thank you very much. Excellent choice. Um, but I was really curious at, at the results for that because it really is the exact opposite of what I what I've experienced. Yeah. And that, you know, to do any testing, obviously, if you were going to test this thoroughly, you'd need like a thousand uh, examples to really get some figures that might have some sort of accuracy to them. There could have been any variable, you know, involved that may have affected how I felt about it. However, mm -hmm. I do run in hot weather sometimes, and I know I'm not as strong in hot weather, but I didn't feel like I had a good run. Yeah. I mean... That's it. The, the effects weren't there for you. you. You you didn't feel confident with it. That the the one standout to me is you had to have water after that first kilometer. That yeah. is a, that is a little bit strange. Mm -hmm. Even um, even though it was hot, I don't normally don't have to suck back half my water bottle at the one k. Yeah. And I had a particularly dry mouth. Yeah. What was the like? Do you recall how many draws you took? Yeah, I didn't have a ton. Yeah. Uh, and I was using a vaporizer as well. Two, three, maybe. Yeah, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. crazy. Nothing crazy. Okay. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. Getting getting that um, experience with with that with that little, and then having that water effect in there. Yeah. Um, it's really it was curious to me. Well, who knows? Okay, so let's jump into number two because I got a lot of clips here. So this was my second time trying this, and this time I did an indica. It was only eight degrees. Well, it says it all in the video anyway. So it was cooler with different uh, variables. Here we go. All right. 
Round two. Uh, last time was a sativa. This time will be an indica. You can hear the rain. Afghan. I'm gonna see if it's any better. I have to be honest with you, it wasn't the best experience last time. I wasn't totally bogged down, but I wasn't sure that it actually helped me. Today's gonna be a rough run. It's uh, only eight degrees outside and it's pouring rain. However, we'll see how it goes and uh, I will report back upon completing the run. Thanks. Okay, not too bad so far. Although it is cold outside today, so. It's a little easier to run when I'm not overheating. But uh, I've been in my own space, listening to tunes, not really bothered by much. So, so far so good. All right, I'm most of the way done. I'm at around uh, eight kilometers. It hasn't been bad. Now, I can't speak for the dampness. That's been crappy. The cannabis hasn't been bad. Yeah, all, all together this is a way better experience and I'm wondering now if during my last one, if it was just too hot and that was too large of a factor to overcome with some cannabis. I'm gonna finish my run now and uh, I will report back with uh, my final thoughts. Okay, so done. That was in the neighborhood of 11 kilometers. Uh, it was fine, it was good. I'm gonna have to put some thought into this. I don't know if I'm 100% pro consume cannabis while you run guy, because it wasn't perfect the first time, and even this time, but it wasn't bad. It was, conditions are terrible, but uh, my pace is a little slower than usual, but not bad, all things considered. And uh, my distance is comfortable. 11K is a nice run. So, I think the jury's out. That's all I can say. What can I say? So that one was interesting. So you, you sound a lot more relaxed in that clip, and I don't know if that was just me on that, but maybe the difference in Indica to Sativa was there, but you actually really sound mellow, even generally because you have horrible weather. Now, I'm a, I hate horrible weather, even though I run in it. You know, it was, you, you sounded like you were actually really enjoying yourself in comparison to the last time. Yeah, I thrive. I'm Scandinavian, so as a, as a Scandinavian runner, I thrive in like 10 degrees. Yeah. And I think there is a big advantage there. So, yeah, I'm going to have to say that in run number one, that was probably the biggest factor working against me, the hot, the hot temperature. Yeah. And number two felt much better. Yeah. And I think that as we go through these clips and get some perspective from other athletes, um, I think we're gonna find that there's a certain theme that a lot of them allude to when it comes to cannabis and sport. And uh, we may end up agreeing with each other, we may not, it'll be interesting to see. I wanna jump into yours though, cause I got lots of clips. Okay. Um, this is your ultra marathon experience and you too, pulled out your camera, consumed some cannabis and then proceeded to run 50K. I was gonna say 30 and that would have been nuts, but you ran 50. Yeah. So let's just hit your clip right now. All right, what is up you guys? Thank you for locking in this morning. Uh, we have the ultra marathon that I've been training for for so long now. I'm ready to do, I'm ready to punish my body. So we're gonna be switching over to um, a vape pen piece that I have that has Pineapple Express in it. And we're gonna be using that a little bit this morning. A couple quick draws off that, nothing crazy. Um, race is going to get started in about 40 minutes and I'm going to do uh, three big draws of some Pineapple Express from my uh, Herba Tip here. So we're going to be heading over there right now. 
that's where it's going to be at. We're going to be uh, doing this race 50 kilometers. I'm super jacked, super pumped. You're coming along with me. Let's go. All right. That's 26 kilometers. Legs are tight. Knees feel like shit. We're going. Here we go. So we're at 33.12 kilometers. where it all fell apart so um, I would have recorded a lot more I would have got a lot more but I think as anybody can attest to who's run 50 kilometers or a marathon or does extensive running or even five just depending on where you're at it fell apart mentally um, physically my body fell apart um, and that was pretty much the last shot I got and it was just a mountain amount of me just as a head game, trying to stay with it, trying to keep myself together, and um, that was it. It was a really tough mental challenge, um, partnered with a just extreme physical challenge. My legs were cramping up, um, my body was cramping up, I was sore everywhere, my feet were ready to fall off. Um, so I was really just focusing on getting from one water station to the next. I do think the uh, first initial draws did help as far as the first couple kilometers went. I was relaxed, I was calm, I was not in that anxious mode. Um, my speed was controlled. Things were great. Things were feeling really good. My body was feeling good up to about, you know, up to almost about 30 kilometers. I was feeling okay. Um, and then my body just broke down and I hit that wall and it was just trying to push through for that period of time. So, which was just the tough part. So, wish I could have got more. I'm disappointed I didn't and I'm sorry and I apologize. There is no dramatic ending to this. This is it, you get me. Um, would I smoke and run again? Absolutely, it did not affect anything in a negative aspect. I think if anything, I was calm, cool, collected and it was great. That was awesome. Yeah. First of all, you're crazy running 50K. <laughs> never mind, never mind consuming before you do an ultra marathon. Um, but kudos to you. Thank you. I can only aspire to run 30, 40, maybe. 50 is nuts. So, how long into your run did you think that you were feeling the effects of cannabis? So, right out the gate, I mean, after the first couple draws, um, I definitely felt, you know, a little bit of warmness in the chest, a little bit of euphoric action, just the general light um, feeling that could kind of come off that those initial draws off the vape. So, that was great. Um, stretched, felt good, race was there. Usually, I'm a little pumped, like if I'm sitting... Uh, right at the starting line, yeah. it's a massive crowd. Usually, I'm like, okay, here we go. What's right. going on? And I felt, I felt good. Like I just felt, I was just in my head. I was. You in didn't the zone. get caught up no. with like other people who have a Absolutely slightly faster not. pace or anything. And, and historically, in my races, I am out super, super fast. Yeah, going way faster than I need to. And um, if you look back um, at my at my statistics and my uh, my lap times. Um, I was really consistent the whole time, 6'10", 6'20", 6'30", 6'20", back and forth and up and down inside that, that six-minute mark um, through the whole race. Mm. And um, I attribute that to the right at the beginning. I was very consistent. I right. didn't break that off. I felt really good uh, 12 kilometers past, 20 kilometers past, and I was feeling excellent. 
So it, it was really there. Um, it is when we came down and the heat of the day really started to bring in. Right. Um, as I got onto, if, if you're familiar with the Calgary Marathon, um, once I got onto Memorial Trail, that's the 30 kilometer mark essentially and the heat and that long road and that's where uh, everything just broke down. You started down. to notice. So it could have also been, uh, I mean, you run for even up to an hour and you your uh, caloric load can be reduced almost entirely, yeah. right? So, I mean, the same thing would, would obviously um, happen with cannabis. Yeah. You're going to burn it out of your system, just yeah. like you run out of calories, you have to refuel. Yeah, and my, my side is it's, it's an assistant to kind of you know, with some of the pain um, that you might be going through, it's an assistant to just trying to clear your head and feel calm. Right. Um, but just like you said it, eventually your body's gonna start to catch up. Um, I was trying to pump as much calories into me as possible. Mm -hmm. I was using the uh, gel packs, trying to do the water um, stations, you know, as consistently as I could. Right. But keeping up to it was, was, uh, was a task. Well, the simple fact that you started to feel like you're falling apart a bit at 30K, I think had nothing to do with cannabis. No, it was it no. was purely training. It, the amount of calories you had in you, burning whatever shape you're in, whatever injuries you're carrying into it, the heat of the day, all the rest of it. Right? Yeah, like I mean, I look back. There's a bunch of things that I would redo um, differently, uh, and, but one of them was not cannabis. You know, bar none. Okay. Do you think it would have helped you to stop at like 25 and to consume a little more cannabis? Did you think about doing that? You know, that's a good question. Actually, I didn't really ever kind of struggle with Refuel. that. Refuel. That you know what? I wonder um, how that would have gone if I'd had that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, to you know have a, I don't know <laughs> a vape station instead of a water station. Oh my god. That we could have broke down. That's my kind of race. If anybody's out there wants to remarket that in the next little bit, you know. Um, put I'm my, sure it's yeah. inevitable. A put gummy my name station on it. Or put something. my name on it for sure. You know that could have changed it up because I really a lot of the pain that was coming for me was really uh, my legs and my knees were just were a disaster zone oh yeah man yeah. no doubt about it okay so as two runners um we tried it and i think that hey, I, i'm on the fence i think you're a bit more uh, a proponent yeah i guess i'm for it i i think um I, I you know in my experience with a lot of runners mental game is always the biggest portion that really affects people yeah it's you know they're getting worked up for the race they're feeling nervous they're feeling the butterflies you know even their stomach's getting upset as a result of those nerves right you know, and either they got to fit the first kilometer can, um, or, you know, it's just not working for them. And I, I think one of the best things that it does for you is it really mellows you out. It lets you focus on your race, lets you focus on your plan and not get caught up in all of the other elements that are going on on a race day or any run really. Okay. Fair enough. And I think we've, we've tackled sort of, um, our own experience, um, running but we haven't talked about recovery yet so i want to get to that in a crack uh the next clip i want to play i got from uh golf digest they did a 10 minute video located on youtube um and i sampled three parts of it um basically they took these three guys who are different caliber of golfers they got them all to consume cannabis bit by bit and then they watched them and kind of gauged how their game went and golf is different than a lot of sports it's slower uh you need to be relaxed generally speaking so 
arguably consuming cannabis can give you different results maybe with golf than you might get with like sprinting or something like that. So I want to play the first one. Now what I did is I didn't take the goofy guys golfing. Um, well worth the watch if you want to. But they had a, a scientist interjecting between the consuming and he gave his perspective scientifically on what cannabis does to you when you're golfing. And I thought it was interesting. So I'm gonna start with part one right here. When you smoke cannabis, you might start to relax a bit and the performance might actually get better. When you have a vape, the amount that you smoke, it's a fixed dose. <laughs> the effects of THC, it's called a biphasic reaction. When you have a small dose, you have a certain effect. and a higher dose, you can get very agitated and paranoid and there's a therapeutic window. In that window is the spot where people try to stay within to get the maximum effect. All right, that's clip number one. Um, and he says something that I thought was very interesting. I covered it in a podcast before, but he talked about what's called the therapeutic window. Uh, and that's the place in which you get like you can maximize your results. You you have a good experience. You're not too high, mm -hmm. and you have enough that you actually feel it and can it can help you. I suppose. Yeah, it doesn't take you down that rabbit hole quite yet. Doesn't take you down the rabbit hole. You're not confused. I guess you know. Yeah, I mean, it, you're not you're not out of it at that point. Yeah, and I thought that using golf as a sport as a, an example was interesting. Like I said, because. I think more golfers probably consume cannabis maybe than runners. Well, you, you know, it's just the social wanna, aspect of the sport. You want to talk about a sport with head game. You yeah. Know, that is golf, right? You, you're at, you're at a competition with yourself the entire time. So, you know, when it lands to it, you know, it's not a lot of long work. It's not a lot of that physical activity, but the, the level of you having to calm down, focus on your shot, focus on your swing is absolutely critical. Damn straight. So I think you got to get inside that therapeutic window, right? In order to maximize the, uh, what cannabis can do for you and not go beyond that and start getting weirded out or paranoid or, you know, all these things that overconsumption can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here's clip number two. The THC, a dissolved yeah. in fat, gets into the bloodstream. It then gets across the blood-brain barrier. I'm too tired. It affects two parts of the brain. The temporal lobe, which is on the side, things like fast-making decisions, complex movements, complex thought processes are affected in a negative way. Beautiful divot. Not great. frontal lobe where you know, a lot of executive decisions, willpower, emotion are affected. You can actually become very calm. I kind of want to like lay down and watch the clouds go by, you know. So depending on where and what dose, it affects the brain that way. So it's not to say that this guy is 100% accurate, no matter what, it might just be his uh, observation or perspective. Yeah. But it's interesting to hear his perspective. I don't entirely disagree with him. No, I, I think the one thing he doesn't touch on and where, where things get a little different is when you start talking about strain. You know, if you're gonna do a Congolese yeah. and, you know, have that really exciting, uplifting, sativa experience, or if you're gonna do a granddaddy perp and be on your way to bed at that point. So, you know, it, strain counts inside that game yeah. and how, again, dosage, therapeutic window, and actually what you're trying 
trying to use. More than strain terpene content. Absolutely. Assuming you can get that accurate. So here's clip number three. You know, the best way to recover from smoking marijuana is to go to bed and sleep and eat and just let it come out of your system. There's no magic pill. Please don't smoke weed and golf. And please don't drive the car. And please don't drive yourself home if you smoke a joint on the golf course. Anyway, good advice. I think you consume cannabis, sleep it off. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to get it through your system, it's going to go through your system. So if you have had enough for the evening, stop and wake up the next day and go about your day. Yeah. So that was that. Again, I suggest watching it if you think that sounds interesting. Uh, Golf Digest on YouTube. Now, the next I want to jump into is some uh, professional league sports. NFL, NBA, um, NHL. Is this where we get controversial? Well, it's interesting um, because all of the leagues have their own drug policies and they're all different from one another, entirely different. Um, I didn't even mention Olympics. Um, And one thing that I find interesting is, do you remember in, what was it, 2000, Ross Rabagliati. Rabagliati, yeah. Rabagliati, what was it, what year was that? Oh, God. Six, I can't remember. 2002. Interesting fact about Ross. Ross is also opening up a franchise dispensary market. Ross uh, or Rose, Ross Gold, Rose Gold. Yes. Yes. Ross. Yes. Anyway, my point was going to be that um, when he had his gold medal temporarily stripped from him, at the time when they did blood tests, he had 150 nanograms per milliliter in his blood. And uh, they had decided at that time that they were going to allow him to keep his gold medal. And now the Olympics have made that the standard. So if you have more than 150, um, you can be suspended. If you have 150 or less, um, you're okay. And part of the reason why I think that's interesting is because uh, drinking and driving laws in Canada right now with Bill C-46, they're saying it could be as low as two nanograms per milliliter, which comparatively is crazy. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the other leagues, uh, right now Major League Baseball is 50. Um, there is no um, ban on THC in the NHL. Did you know that? I did not know that. Um, apparently, if you get caught with THC in your system, you can get a phone call from the league with a warning. That's their policy. That sounds uh, scary. <laughs> that's that's. I'm I'm shivering right now thinking of that. But again, I mean, I think that I don't think it's performance enhancing for NHL players, you know. But uh, again, we're gonna get into recovery, and I think that's where the THC can be great for all these guys. Uh, NFL is 35 nanograms and nba is only 15. Mm-hmm. now um some of the articles i read uh they're saying some of the players that were quoted said that they believe for example forward kenyon martin said in a bleacher report that he thinks that 85 percent of nba players smoke during their career speculation right yeah but i think there's probably a, a bit of a culture in it no matter what so they have something for the nfl called the bleacher report actually a lot of sports anyway and there was one in particular where they're talking about cannabis and I got a couple clips here with some players talking about consuming cannabis while they play and after. And I want to play the first one real quick. The NBA test is four times a year. In the NFL, what are the tests like and when does it happen? Yeah, it's one time a year, uh, usually in the springtime after, uh, before OTAs or right after OTAs start. You know, and they usually do it by groups, you know, position groups. So, you know, guys are always hoping to be in that first group. Some guys have to wait all the way till, till July, July. <laughs> you know, which is upsetting to some guys, but. Why is it upsetting? You know, the rest of your teammates is on it, so you want to be able to be on it too. So, you know, like you said, the NFL knows what's going on. Um, if you fail a test, though, you know, you're subject to getting tested, you know, 10, 20 times a month. You know, so the punishment is harsh. And then if you fail a test again, 
and again and again, you know, then money starts getting involved, they start taking away games, so. And there's only one test, right? So in a way, the NFL is kind of like, they're kind of just being like, okay, you know, they're just looking away. Yeah. But so that's why I think like things like this is, is what's important because it's breaking the stigma. It's really just the stigma and power. I mean, they could just be like, let's get rid of that one test. But really, most guys can clean it up for that amount of time and still have it during the season. I think, I think they know that. So how many people do you think smoke in the league? What percentage do you think? Probably 80. 80 percent? At least 80 percent. Shoot, the coaches do it. Personnel, people upstairs do it. Quarterbacks that do it. Captains, your leaders of the team smoke as much as I do. Might even smoke more than me. Do you believe that? First of all, I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I I think it's it's you know what? You know, I I talked about this in our last podcast. I think when you start breaking it down and you're in an honest, open, constructive space with someone and they don't have to worry about judgment from others, they will tell you the truth about cannabis usage. And I think it's far more prevalent than people really understand. Well, 80% is a high number. That's a huge number. Now, I think, um, and these guys get into it, but I think part of it is is not so much for performance, but for pain management. Yeah. Uh, in the third clip for NFL here, they, they actually mentioned that, but I'll jump into the second one just to keep this rolling and we'll comment on it after. Everybody do it. And you know, everybody has their reason. They use it for their, for their pain, but he's a big guy. We all are big guys. Our body hurts. I've heard like that Monday morning, feels awful. So is Monday morning like you guys just getting up, rolling something up and smoking real quick? Or what was a Monday morning like for y'all? It's like a car wreck, essentially. Like every weekend, it's like a car wreck and you start feeling better about Friday or Saturday. You know, it's just, it takes a few days to recover and uh, start feeling like you can play again. Tuesday's usually like the day you really feel it cause you got all these drugs that you put in yourself just to play, you know, the the Tordal, the, the total, Advil and all that stuff. So that stuff hasn't even worn off you by the, by Monday. So how long so does it take to wear Usually off? like Tuesday, you come and you wake up, you're like, man, like, the game was a couple days ago, but that stuff is, you know, finally out your system now. So you really get to feel the effects from this past Sunday. All right. So that was clip number two. Yeah. Now, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I, I truly, I mean, I played football until I was 21. Okay, not even close to the kind of caliber that those guys played. And I still heard from it. Yeah. So I can only imagine if you're 300 pounds and you're 28 years old, you've been playing in the NFL for six years. Uh, yeah, the kind of pain management you have to deal with. Yeah, and I don't think people realize what athletes actually have to go through from a professional perspective. You know, I got to do my ultra and yeah. then I got to rest for a week or two weeks or whatever I needed to recover right these guys don't get to do that no and they also practice between games absolutely they have contracts they have responsibilities and you know and there's a code it doesn't matter right get out and play tough it up go for it and and that's the way it's always been you know the injuries that these guys have to go through and and the pressure and the physical pain that they have to go through i absolutely understand where they're coming from on this i understand why this would be there for them well if you watch the whole bleacher report there's four former nfl players um only one of them says that he actually consumed at game time the other three said no no we would never do that we need to be sharper faster whatever but we always consumed after games yeah you know what i mean and I, I think there's a bit of a, a theme there. Again, we talk about running and consuming and playing sports and consuming. Um, now, now, is that the facts right there? Like, well, it, that's it, just it. Again, do, do the guys want to come out 
you know, in public and say, yeah, I can sue during games. Right. Especially I, when they're under contract. Under contract. Money under, involved. You know, sponsorships. I mean, it could absolutely damage their career. You know, I was going to say about the thing with Ross, you know, if you look back to that, and I'm pretty, that was back in the 90s. Right. That was actually a huge leap we made as a culture in a moment's notice to- It was 98, of, wasn't it? Yeah, it was around there. Yeah, right. right. It's a huge leap in a moment's notice that we made as a culture to say, this is okay. Yeah, and I don't know if maybe it was because it was snowboarding and it was more acceptable and everybody felt okay about it. But if you look back to the stuff that we're even hearing today, even when a legalization is coming, that's it's really interesting to hear that. Well, I, okay, and I, I'm beating a dead horse, but you go back to certain sports where you, there might be advantages with having some cannabis. Um, and I think golf may just be one of them to calm your nerves. Mm -hmm. um, snowboarding maybe yeah. to calm your nerves. And another one that there is a lot of articles on lately is uh, MMA, in particular, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. There was um, an MMA article on the Green Rush Daily, mm -hmm. and they said that, well, there's a, there's a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournament that takes place in California. And in this tournament, all fighters who are participating in it have to consume, have to smoke before competing. It's part of the tournament rules. <laughs> and then they had Joe Rogan chiming in saying that he claims at least half of the UFC fighters consume for pre-fight nerves. Yeah. And obviously Joe Rogan, a big fan of yeah, cannabis, yeah, right? Yeah. And anti-inflammatory uh, properties as well. Uh, and anyway, on this particular article, they actually had a clip showing two uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighters fighting. And the referee came out, lit up a joint. The three of them smoked it first. And then these guys proceeded to fight each other. Yeah. I Sounds think, insane. I think we need to adopt this into the corporate structure of our, of our world too. <laughs> at, a, so? at a meeting just before we go into it. So maybe it's case by case, sport by sport. Um, let me jump into clip number three for NFL now. You know, I had an injury plague journey just to the NFL, you know, tore my ACL three times. So I'd, I had been on a prescription drug route early in my life. And um, you know, I was in a dark place. You know, I wasn't feeling good, and you know, they were they were giving me those things readily. So it was easy for me to you know start smoking and receiving the benefits of you know of marijuana as a viable option opposed to the prescription drug. So um, I think people uh, overlooked that this is a, is a medicine and it's a healing medicine. And uh, the rhetoric hasn't always supported that. I mean, I use these topicals all the time, you know, for on my knees, on my shoulders, on my back. Uh, I was just about to say all that, that type of is, stuff. Is that for the, like the pain that you experience in yes. the that you still deal with? Yes. So um, you know, pain, uh, you know, arthritis, any inflammation. There's stuff all for these type of things. Yeah, I was about to say the anti-inflammatory, but them topicals. Oh man, like. My granny, I gave something to my granny and she's calling me all the time. Hey, do you have some more of that cream? Cause it really works. The CBD is a huge market now. And the CBD is um, without the psychoactive effects of the THC, so that's what CBD is. So now you're getting the effects of cannabis, but you're not getting the psychoactive effects that make you feel high. So none of this is backed by scientific data or research, right? It's all perspective of former professional athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think they're, you know, with us, maybe they're preaching to the choir, but there's that common theme where they use it to help them get through pain. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know what? It, since I started this whole journey and I've been far more on the public of what I'm doing, um, you know, my mom talks about it, right? Um, I can't tell you how many people come to me um, that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and so on that 
ask a lot of questions about CBD topicals and pain right. management. You know, um, I'm not in a place that I can advise them um, on what to do. I'm in a place that I can say, you should go here and these people can talk to you and talk to your doctor. But, you know, there's a huge amount of people out there that want help. Mm -hmm. They don't want to feel high, but they want help managing their pain. They're tired of, you know, you know, in some cases, the opioids, they're tired of just having to live with pain management as a suggestion for their lives. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really think as time goes on, you know, we're going to see a lot more of this. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, uh, the topical stuff, the CBD um, creams and, and oils, um, maybe the jury's still out for all ailments, but I think commonly everybody's starting to agree uh, that pain reduction anti-inflammatory properties are, are real. Yeah, and I, you know? I, I use CBD topicals. Yeah. Um, you know, to manage some of my pain sometimes when I'm having sore knees, right? Um, you know, or I'm having some muscle stiffness and some joint stiffness. So I, I mean, I use it. I can attest um, it isn't a resolution, but it is a management, and it takes down that inflammation. And I have found that recovery time does uh, increase. Yeah, I took some oh, sorry, CBD decrease. oil um, after I ran about 18k maybe a month or two ago, and I knew I was going to be sore after because for me it's a big run. Um, and I took a, a fair to dose of CBD oil podcast. and I was surprised how well I felt the next day, the day after. <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe there's an element of psychology there. Maybe I'm telling myself I feel better, but genuinely I didn't get the twitches in my legs when I went to bed, which I often do. You know, that could be a lack of anything, but the CBD oil seemed to chill me out a bit. Yeah. Uh, we interviewed Jofer from the Calgary Cannabis Club and asked him his perspective on CBD. One thing I asked him was, um, have people always been talking CBD or is this like a brand new thing? And he said, no, it's really brand new. Unless unless you've really been into cannabis, uh, CB, CBD in the last year or two has become a big uh, item that everybody's talking about. His perspective, and I think it's fair, is that everyone talks about it like it's the miracle uh, cure for all things and I don't think it is mm -hmm. you know what I mean I think right now um, there are a couple of things that we're all pretty confident it does well and again without scientific research to formally back that up but I think we're all confident about the fact that it does reduce a bit of pain and inflammation. Yeah, I think I think people are comfortable with the fact of talking about CBD because you do not get that psychotropic effect. Yeah. The, the truth is, in my opinion, is you can't just go and say CBD is it. The plant itself um, has a lot of different healing effects and can really assist in that. Yeah. Um, so it really depends on what your experience is. I, I think people culturally right now are comfortable with it because they're not comfortable with that THC side. Right. And uh, mixing that THC side into the CBD side, um, you know, is where people kind of get a little bit concerned, right? They don't want to feel the high. Okay, so I, I think we're in like 100% agreement that uh, pain and recovery uh, is great. Mm -hmm. THC, 100% there. there. There could be an argument for which sports it may be enhanced by THC consumption and which ones may not. And I want to play you a, a quick clip. Um, this is an NBA, former NBA player, and he's also a broadcaster now named Steven Jackson. And uh, unfortunately, the guy who was asking the question sounds like a bit of a geek, so I apologize in advance. Um, but Steven Jackson's perspective on uh, cannabis and playing in the NBA is actually interesting. I think he sums it up pretty well, maybe. 
They want they want to let it be legal to control. I smoked my whole career. Had a hell of a career. Didn't miss no game. Yeah, you were great. Like, so do you think it helped you? And like, a- I ain't gonna I ain't gonna say it helped as far as after the games coming down and relaxing. Yeah, yeah it, it helped. I mean, you know, before the games, you can't nobody can play high, especially in the NBA. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a lot of it's a high level of competition, and guys are great, so nobody can play high. But after the games, guys need to come down and relax because it's a physical sport. So not necessarily during the game, but it helps afterwards. Fuck no, ain't nobody can smoke. <laughs> nobody needs to be high. There was somebody that if said anybody they were... say that they need to be high during the game, they don't know what the fuck they talking. There was some player that said that they were high every game. I can't remember who was recently said they were high every game during their some career. Some guys probably can play high. Me, I smoke. I, the games I smoked was the games I knew I wasn't gonna play. I never, I never played high because I knew I wouldn't be affected. But yeah. guys, some guys can do it. Yeah, I wasn't one of them. I buy that. Yeah, I buy that, and I love his answer. Fuck no, anyone who tells you they play hide and what the fuck they're talking about. Can we do interviews like that guy from now on? Be like, hey, Mike. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what do you think of cannabis? Do what? you ever use it during sports? That was a TMZ clip, incidentally. Yeah. Um, I like what he had to say. I, I totally. You know, he's he's real talk about it, right? And it's also kind of references what we talked about earlier with the therapeutic window. Like, you know, I, I don't. I think we can both agree that I don't um, think that you know being high while you're playing is where you want to be at doing anything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you want that that therapeutic window where you're getting all the effects and you're feeling good and you have that in your body, but you still want to be right of mind. You want to be making accurate decisions. You want to be quick. Yeah, damn straight. So I sent a, a message out to Alex the Chemist at Alex the Chemist on Twitter. And, you should follow uh, on Twitter if you're you not already. You should follow. He's an awesome he's guy. Dope as hell. And uh, yeah, I interviewed him maybe a month or two ago and asked him lots of questions about terpenes. He's a bit of an expert, but I said, uh, "What terpenes could athletes take for energy or for workouts? What would you recommend?" And um, he didn't think that. There was necessarily a particular terpene that'll like put the turbo jets on you necessarily. Um, but he said, if that's what you're going to try, look for something that's pinene heavy. Yeah. Okay. So, and even him, I, I don't know how athletic he is, but he is knowledgeable about terpenes. And uh, he said in his, in his opinion, uh, when he smokes, he doesn't get the urge to work out. LOL. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. I just wanted to throw that in there in case somebody actually wants to actively go out and look for a terpene content that may help them. So did he say why pinene was specific specific no. to that? Yeah, I mean, it's curious. I, I, I'm, I'm really interested to find out that, so I'm definitely going to hit up Alex for that. But I, I get it. I, I get his perspective on it because it's, it is weird. I don't think people think of, I mean, let's just talk about the stoner stigma, right? I don't think people think about getting high and working out. That is not what people want to do. People think about either getting high and eating snacks, getting high and watching Netflix, or getting high and, you know, there, there's a market obviously for getting high and being creative. Right, and opening up that let's call it the third eye, and, and just being that that um, really open person to whatever it is, whatever task you're inside of. Yeah. So there was a, an article by Ganjli, and we were kidding before we started recording. I said, "Man, Ganjli are great, except for they keep on posting that damn advertisement for the snakeskin purse on Twitter." I'm just throwing that down here so they hear that. It was the squid bubbler too for a while. They had squid that squid bubbler? bubbler, which I didn't win, and I'm bitter about oh. because that's the, the 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 squid bubbler was pretty sweet. But that purse, we need to get that draw over and done with. Let's move yeah. on, Ganjli. Draw it, guys. Draw it. Anyway, they uh, released an article a couple of days ago that was called "Getting Into Fitness with." cannabis so of course it caught my attention and i just wanted to read a couple of lines from their article they claim 
that uh, the strain Blueberry Dream is one of the strains from Leaf Spice Snoop that you can use to bring the energy. Blueberry Dream. And they say other strains that could get you active are Harlequin, Sweet Kush, and the famous Jack Herrer. Is it Herrer? Herrer. Herrer, yeah. Yeah, okay. And Alex actually told me that was his favorite strain too, so I got to try it. However, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've had I've had Blue Dream before, and um, I do find like if if you want to get creative and really jam out on something, yeah, or if, if you've got some work to do that you really need to dig into, Blue Dream is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool strain. Um, I find you get wicked focus out of that, um, but I also find just like we were speaking about, you can slip really out of that therapeutic window pretty quick. Yeah, and they say the cannabis is regarded as a bronchodilator, mm -hmm. so it allows uh, bronchial tubes to take in more oxygen as well as enhancing blood flow. So I got a so, question. I got a question for you on that. Sure. Since you bring it out, but that's their article, not my words. Okay, I'm just putting it out to you. Sure. Um, vape versus comb combustion. Yeah. You know, I, I think there is a big difference in there if mm -hmm. you're talking athletic. Uh, an athletic side um, combustion obviously is going to be a little bit more harsher on your lungs right. I, I primarily vape I have no issues with that not to say that there's not I'm not saying that there isn't um, but I do say uh, that if it's on the combustion side I have an easier go around with um, with the vape yeah I, you know what now that I have purchased my first vaporizer portable um, I won't go back yeah, it's not to say I wouldn't try someone's joint or yeah. frame. Don't get me wrong; like I love a good. If I'm by myself. It's vape. I love a good J, and yeah. and rolling up a joint is absolutely. If you're not learning how to do it, you should because it is your absolute right as a human being. Mm -hmm. But um, I love. I love my vape. I think the vape is absolutely the way to go. You can get a way better, um, way better feeling of, of your of whatever strain you're smoking and whatever terpene element is in there and the taste and the smell. It is vastly better. Taste. I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm tasting different strains and I'm starting to go, okay, now I get it. Totally. Right? It's not a bunch of smoke in my lungs. I, I, I think people, when, when that starts really taking off and it's a lot more open and it's not bong rips or joints or pipes and people are open up to, you know, the drier vape i think they're going to really start experiencing the way wine is now of uh, the taste yeah. the elements the hints the flavors that are in there i talk about that a lot in my channel um of you know what is the taste of this what are we getting compared to the smell yeah um i'm that. a firm believer in the responsible consumption of recreational cannabis mm -hmm. and for me being a responsible uh, consumer means vaping and mm -hmm. not smoking and honestly, that's all part and parcel with it. That's being an adult and taking care of my lungs and my body. It's just a little bit better for you. Yeah. I, you're going to consume. I think it's an absolute choice. And I think from a responsibility side, you're dead right. Um, you know, respecting your body in that form and avoiding the combustion method and being able to vaporize. Oh, and first of all, anybody who's listening, please do your research on a dryer vape. Go out and get a proper one. Spend the money. You will not regret it. All right. That's good information. And... Perhaps in a few months, maybe six, uh, you might be able to drive over to Chestermere and buy yours at Lake City Cannabis. You absolutely will. Yes, you should do that. All right. Um, I want to wrap up the clips with one uh, by Ricky Williams. Now, Ricky Williams was a professional football player. Uh, he was the Heisman Trophy winner, which essentially means he was the best uh, university football player in the U.S. And then he was drafted. He played running back for the uh, Miami Dolphins. And I mean, 
guy was a stud, okay, period. Mm -hmm. um, but he was a cannabis smoker. Yeah. And he got caught consuming while he was playing for the Miami Dolphins, and he ended up getting suspended. And so with nowhere to go, he decided to come up to Canada and play for Toronto, which it didn't end up actually turning out that well, but he ended up walking away from his football career because he decided that he shouldn't um, have his rights to smoke cannabis taken away from him, mm -hmm. which was amazing. But he's got this great perspective on his life, on sport, and on cannabis. And I think it really summarizes cannabis as sport well. So I want to play that next. Here we go. It's, it's interesting. So in people's minds, I gave up everything to smoke pot. And it's, it's like, as public opinion about marijuana is changing, it's making my life easier. But when people talk about marijuana, it's very polarizing. People are either like, it's medicine, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, and it's good. And then people are like, no, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. No one ever looks at, okay, what contribution can this be? And in my life, and that's how I've lived my life all the time. Like, I'm always asking what's gonna create the things in my life that I'd like to have. And when I was smoking a lot of pot, that's because that's what pot was doing. And for me, you know, there's use, there's abuse, and there's addiction, okay? And use is when you're willing to receive what someone, something has to contribute to you. Abuse is when you make that the answer. So for instance, I was in college, man, like my girlfriend and I had broken up and we were together for two years and I thought she was the one and she starts dating the quarterback on our football team. And so I'm like, you know, and I'm my senior year, so I'm running for the Heisman Trophy and it's like crap, you know, I'm like depressed. I go to school, I go to practice and then I go home and I'm like this. And so my roommate used to smoke a little bit and so he smoked a lot. And so one day he said, why don't you smoke? And so I said, okay. And I smoked and it was the first night that I didn't feel depressed. And so from that experience, I can't sit here and say that it's bad. If I would have said, okay, well, every time I feel bad that I'm gonna smoke a joint and that's when you go to abuse. The Buddha said, everything in the world is medicine if you use it right. And so what I am is if people would get out of the judging it as right or judging it as wrong and ask, okay, what can this plant do? What can this plant change? What contribution can this plant be? I think something different can actually show up. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, it, it, it definitely hits home for me right now, for sure. Um, and I think that's such a wickedly responsible and open method to really start talking about cannabis. And it takes a hell of amount of bravery um, to kind of be where he was at and make the choices that he did. And the use uh, and abuse is, is such a big portion. I think people, um, that, that's a hard thing to wrap your head around. You know, I, I, I think that I think that's a huge thing. Um, I, I mean, for me, it, it kind of hit home, um, you know, with, with a personal element to me. I'm giving up very much a portion of a successful career uh, I have right now in the telecom industry right. to go and chase my dreams. Yeah. And, you know, some people are looking at me like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And, and, and for me, um, you know, I, I can't not. It's built in and I, I totally can relate with that feeling. Yeah, I mean, the guy gave up tens of millions of dollars, um, but his heart wasn't in it. Yeah. And, and he left, walked away from football for his principles. Yeah. You know, and that's incredible. And, um, you know, he says that there's still a lot of stigma. It's very black or white. Some people say, oh, you're the greatest guy ever for doing this. And other people say, you're absolutely crazy. Yeah. You know, and, and what's what's really cool, what he touched on there, and I think if you can take away literally nothing, and, and this is the only thing you take away on this, is that his metric of happiness 
was far more important than anything else was far more important than a monetary gain was far more important than you know fans and money and and whatever right he his metric of happiness was his total and, and was his measuring point of where he should be in his life and that's where you know it, it seems that you know he really dug in deep on that on a personal scale i loved what he said uh, the quote from buddha <laughs> everything in the world is medicine if you use it right yeah and i firmly believe that i think if you over consume as an athlete even a, a casual athlete um it can negatively affect you yeah you know if you take it and you're careful about it and you're mindful about how much you take and when you take it it can have positive effects even as an athlete if you're over training and you're not getting the rest that yeah. you need you're not getting the sleep or the downtime or the recovery that you need um or, or if you're not eating properly and, and you're doing that um you're not you, you know you you go away from that medicine part and now you're going into the addiction part or the abuse part of what you, you truly love yeah yeah i feel like he's got a very honest perspective and incidentally in an article that uh, he was quoted in he believes that it's only 40 to 50 percent of football players in the nfl are consuming cannabis for pain management. I think the uh, Bleacher Report guy said 80%. Yeah. So who knows? Again, it's all speculative, but now that we've gone through all this, now that you've done a little bit of your own research, where do you go from here? So for me, uh, cannabis is, it's right now, it's it's a huge part of my life, obviously. Um, I think when it comes to my health, um, even personally, I've started to question more about usage and where I want to be with it and what do I want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm an avid user, um, but, you know, I think about what does that look like for the rest of my life? Is that what I want to be? Is that what will be? And, and I think it's good to keep a tally of yourself constantly and see where you're at and check yourself in. Um, you know, if you're not, if you feel like you're you're not using appropriately and you're, you know, working yourself away from responsible usage, I think it's time to take a tea break and really, um, you know, dial yourself back again, step back and really get a good look at it. Um, when it comes to the athletic side, um, I, I, I'm still a believer. I think it absolutely can benefit you from that rehabilitation side. It definitely helped me after my race. Um, I definitely used a little bit of CBD, um, you know, and I definitely had a little bit of pain management that occurred after the race there. Um, so I think it has some huge benefits, but I, I, one more than anything, I think there's more research to be done. Yeah, and I've said this so many times, as much as I hate to compare it to alcohol unfortunately sometimes i do and i think that some of the same rules should apply i, I know that it's not entirely the same thing but um if i'm not going to drink at work i'm not going to smoke at work yeah you know i i realize that if i have a few drinks i'm not going to go for a run and and maybe the maybe the jury's still out on whether i can consume cannabis and run um but i think in many ways there are a lot of parallels there when you should and shouldn't do it you know don't over consume anything including alcohol or cannabis yeah moderation is always your best rule just just practice it and you'll be safe responsible okay yes. are we gonna go for a run together sometime and consume some cannabis and, and test us for a third fourth fifth time I don't think you need to twist my rubber arm on that for sure. Um, if you're ever down for a session, you want to go for a run, yeah, um, you know where to find it. me. All right. I'm going to come out to Chestermere and do that. And then we'll report back maybe in a few months. Let's do it. Okay. Thanks so much for this. Thank you. Okay. 
Thanks for listening to Canadian Cannabis Update. If you have any questions or comments or would like us to interview you, contact us at CannabisUpdate.ca or on Twitter at CanCanUpdate. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and every other podcast-related site in the known universe. Hey, if you liked the music played during the podcast, check out the German record label Trend Mask on SoundCloud. And as always, it was played with permission. The next podcast is just around the corner. Stay tuned. Canadian Cannabis Update is a regularly published podcast. We do our very best to remain as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for inaccurate details or facts. If a story interests you, we're glad to have brought it to your attention, but take the time to research the details for yourself.